Listeners, welcome to the show, your greatest show, a show that is all about you, you gaining control of the chaos of this life and your business. Today, we have an amazing guest, Piet Sifkovich, who is an award-winning business mindset coach and founder of All Boss. And I really do think that's one of the coolest names. Cannot wait to dive in on that. She helps ambitious entrepreneurs design their unique dream lifestyle business and up-level their mindset to achieve more, more revenue, more impact, and more freedom, catch this, without working harder. I got to figure that one out. Well, after a successful career in marketing and some global organizations such as Kellogg's and Bacardi, leading brands like Grey Goose and Bombay Sapphire, she's recognized her purpose and true passion she left her corporate work to build a business that makes a difference in people's lives. Today, she's going to make a difference in your life. Biet, welcome to the show. Can you start by telling a little more about yourself, but specifically, I want to hear about the name All Boss, because I know as a business owner myself, our names have meaning and not always just meaning for the customer. Sometimes it's meaning to to us. And, and, and there's a story behind it. I would love to hear the story if there is one. Absolutely. I'll, I'll go back a little bit further on how I even kind of started into running my own business in the first place. Um, so I was working a fantastic job, very glamorous, very fun, um, but also very full on. Um, so I was traveling the world, had a great salary. I was going to Cannes Film Festival for work. You know, it's, it was, it was, there was a lot of, um, benefits to the to the job itself um, but for the last couple of years um, I recognized that yes there's lots of kind of superficial elements to the job that I love but I wasn't really enjoying the day-to-day -day anymore so the sitting behind the work that was required to that I was doing behind my laptop day in day out wasn't really inspiring me was was dragging me down if anything um, and it was a very hectic time, lots of travel, um, and eventually got also to a bit of a burnout stage. Mm. So I actually I had been in a role for a few years, so I was looking into kind of moving on, looking for the next um, move within the company and had some conversations about other positions. In uh, I'm based in Dubai, but at the time I was looking to move back to Europe. Um, and I was in talking about the about new roles but they weren't quite ready yet so i was like okay let me just take a couple of months off and see what um you know travel dubai is a great place to travel from from really enjoy the time in dubai because i was traveling so much i hadn't really been able to do that and i think within oh, two weeks of doing that i was like i'm never going back to a job <laughs> it was like I, it's almost like I had to create the space of finding what it is that I really wanted to do. I think I'd felt for a while that I wasn't quite on the right track. And I had built up this 10, 15 years of, of skill, knowledge, experience in the personal development world. It was because I was so fascinated by mindset. I was so fascinated. I wanted to get more out of, out of life, out of work. Um, and, and then I was like, it just all of a sudden it kind of, fell into place like ah oh, it was almost like <laughs> how did I not see this before so I, 
I had to create that space for, for it to really land. And um, because when I was in my job, when you're doing something that you're not really quite fulfilled in and, and you're just stressed and by, and I think that goes back to not doing what you love. You're also blocking yourself from finding what it is that you do love. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I was doing. And by that dropping away, I recognized what my true path and what my true mission was. Um, and within a couple of weeks, I decided, okay, I have no idea what this is going to look like. I have no idea what I'm going to do, but I know I'm going in the right direction. Um, and then actually talking about the name, um, <laughs> I put myself on a lot of pressure for that name and I created some uh, like a WhatsApp group with some of the most creative people <laughs> I knew at the time. I was like, come on, help me figure this out. Like Googling different names. Uh, and I just, it took a good two, three months, I think. And by the end of it, you know what? I was like, this is not going to work. I'm just going to decide today. And I was just like, I want to be my own boss. I want to help other people to be the boss of their life, the boss of whoever they are. And so I was like, it's just all about being boss, about taking control, taking responsibility and really living the life that's in, already inside of you. And I was like, all boss. And I love yeah, it. That's, <laughs> it was literally just like, I'm done. <laughs> I love it. And, and I love how you shared that, you know, my company name and, and is Stop Clowning Around. Well. Yeah. And, and I, I say, you know, I help people master their show. And, and to me, it's the same thing. We are all designed for a purpose. I believe we are here for a purpose. And when we can uncover what that purpose is and be our, be best, our best version, version, then that's when we're making an impact. That's when we're really making the difference. And, and that's where we find meaning. But I want to ask you this. Okay. So I actually have a pet peeve. I'm an entrepreneur. You're an entrepreneur. Um, I have worked in a corporate setting, Fortune 500 company. Um, You have worked in some large brands, large companies. I do have a pet peeve with a lot of the messaging that we hear in podcasts and that we hear um, on YouTube. And it's a bunch of influencers like you and I who are telling everybody how amazing being an entrepreneur is, and it is, it is amazing, but I don't believe it's for everyone. I just don't believe it's for everyone. And the reality is this, your business will not be as successful as it can be if you do not have people willing to work on your team. My business will not be as successful. Any business owner listening, we need people willing to work on our team. So here's my question. When you start working with some of your clients about finding this business that they love, this passion in their business, as as you dig deep, is do you find that their issue is the job itself? Maybe it's the culture, maybe it's a bad company, or is it or is it the mindset? Because I know you're a master of mindset. So what are your thoughts when it comes to finding love in our work? Do we have to be an entrepreneur? Can we find love in anything? Absolutely. And I think that's also like a misconception that's going around at the moment. And I think you kind of tapped into that already a bit. It's like, oh, if I want to do what I love, it's I have to do my own business. And that is absolutely not true. That is, I have great friends and ex-colleagues who thrive in their career. They they are great at what they do. They love what yeah, they are stressed. Yeah, they have difficult ch- challenges as well. But they absolutely know they are doing what they were meant to do. And that's amazing. And 
and I tried. I tried. I tried different avenues in the corporate world, but it never really quite felt right. Mm -hmm. And I, on the opposite side, never thought I would run my own business, ever. I always actually probably thought like, oh, no, that's scary. I, I need that stability. Um, I don't, I wouldn't even know what I would do. And I don't want to, you know, be by myself. I want to work in a team and all of that. Um, and then it, it just, it just hit me in, in, in a way that it's like, no, you've got, it's not going to be easy. And it's probably easier to go back to corporate and you've worked your way up to a very good place where you could earn very good money and have a good career. And this is a much more it's a, it's a more difficult road, but it, I just couldn't see another way of doing it. And um, that, and I think what you said, it, it's not that easy. It definitely isn't easy. They say, I, I read this a, a while back. It says, being an entrepreneur is hard, but it's a, lo a lot harder than you think it's going to be. Yeah. And that's definitely, I've definitely experienced that as well. But it's also amazing. It's one of the things that I've discovered on this, you know, in the early stages of being an entrepreneur, and, and that's something that I really dive into with my clients as well, is really honoring your values and what do the values mean for you. So what I recognize is freedom is one of my biggest values, and our values is our biggest drivers in life. They are the, they are the things that are going to get you up in the morning and take you through the tough times. Look, I think the word gets thrown around a lot, and especially with companies like these are values and nobody cares and <laughs> nobody stands by them. Um, so I think they are underestimated quite a lot, but they are really kind of our core driver and, and our core blueprint. And what I recognize is freedom is, is a big one for me. And that was very much being compromised in the corporate world, which I hadn't even seen before at least in the way I experience or what freedom means to me and that that word means different things for different people as well. Um, so of course I was never going to be happy in that setting because one of my core values was being compromised. And that's so much also through the hard times when I was like, Oh, this is never going to work. And Oh, I haven't earned any money in a while. How am I going to pay my rent? I was like, well, or I really can't be bothered today. And then it's like, well, you can choose. You can either get up in the morning and do what you can every single day or you go back to a job. And it became quite easy <laughs> to get up in the morning when I when I was in that yeah. frame of mind. Man, I I love that. And I'm not just saying it. All right. And and probably I love it because it aligns with what I teach, if I'm honest. But you talk about these core values and, and, and the the alignment of values. I really believe, I asked you a question uh, about what do you think it is that causes people to, to maybe not find love in their job? Is it the company? Is it the culture? And probably answer in all of that, to be honest, in the mindset, there, there's a part of it. I love where you went, though. And, and I actually believe you hit on the fact every, most companies have those banners behind them, right? Yeah, we stand for this, this, and this. And honestly, most of us will join the company because of the banners, because that's what they tell about. Uh, when, when they interview us. I think the problem comes is when the values that are being presented and then the values that are in action, first of all, don't align. We now have an issue with that organization. But when our personal values, and by the way, freedom and independence is one of mine as well. When my personal value does not align with what is being allowed in, in my role or maybe who I work for, then we have major issue. Absolutely. And, and, and I'm with you. I don't necessarily know. We're going to talk mindset a little bit here. 
I don't know if shifting my mindset can fix that over a long term, but but maybe in a short term. So um, maybe do you have any more thoughts on that? You know, when it comes to finding happiness in your in your space. Um, so I think also kind of going back to you know, what you just said there, the, the values are being kind of broadcasted in a company and they sound great and they're probably quite generic. Yeah, what I often see with my clients is like, you know, I go through an exercise with them and then they come up with a bunch of awesome values. But then you drill down, what are actually the three, four that are really core? Because of course we all have 50 different values. And it's, you know, like we're caring, compassionate, family, friends, success, could list a hundred things. And yeah, when you see them somewhere, it's like, okay, great. Um, of course, that's all of my, it's my value as well. But then actually, when you go deeper, it's not maybe one of my core values. So really getting down to maybe three, maximum five core values that really you, don't, you cannot have compromised. I think a lot, of, hardly anyone does that. And then once you have identified that, looking into, well, how can I now incorporate more of them in my day-to-day, in my role? How can I bring, say, if freedom is, is a big one for me and it's currently not being um, lived in my current environment, like how can I, maybe I ask to work from home for a day or maybe mm-hmm. I um, ask for a part of, try and find a part-time role in that field to, so that I can bring in some of that core value that's, that's really important to me. And even just, I think we forget about our hobbies and the things that we love doing. So the things that we love doing as a child, the things that seem so trivial to us and because they come so easily to us or they feel like, oh, that can't be part of job because it's so easy. It comes so easily to me. Oh, so we, we, we throw into us, ourselves into work and make it hard when it doesn't need to. So how can we in our work focus more on the things that we love to do in our job and find easy and are really good at and, and excel at and people you know ask us for and find ways to, and I don't want to really say the word avoid, but minimize the time that we spend on the things that we we're not good at it. We don't love, and maybe that again is a, is a shift in your business. That's in a, in a business environment. Do you need to outsource something? Um, and I, I actually am I'm a big proponent to outsourcing as an entrepreneur because my company is only ever as good as as I am, and I can't be good at everything. Quite, I think yeah. if anything, there's maybe one or two things I'm good at. So as long as I don't outsource, my business can never be as good as it should be because there's people who can do it much better. And the more people I can bring in to do those things better than I do, then the more potential the business has. And But I think that's exactly the same in the corporate world where I think managers often or, or leaders don't necessarily see that. So it's like, well, that's your role. You have to do your job description yeah. rather than looking at, okay, what's this? person's natural talents passions how can we do more of that to them and maybe take some of the stuff that that person is not so great at or doesn't enjoy as much away and somebody else will be good at that and being more flexible and fluid in that which i think is is a big challenge for for organizations at the moment where they i think they're holding themselves back Sometimes I get in a conversation where I'm like, hallelujah, yes, you know, preach it, you got it, you know, <laughs> it, it, no, 
you you and I are fully aligned. And and I actually heard someone say the other day to me, uh, you know, we went through a strength strengths based exercise a couple of years ago, yeah. and we were just looking back on it. And uh, this young lady said, "What what was so empowering for me is." that you helped me see that I have strengths and I have weaknesses and I'm better off focusing on the strengths. Like you said, you don't, you don't say it's a weakness. I've just let it go. I think there's always a place for improvement and we can always look at that, but investing too much of your time in the weakness, not, not necessarily a good use of time. Here's what I loved what she said. What I, what I learned is when I focus on my strength, and I allow someone else to fill in where I'm weak, I'm giving them a blessing of shining where they're strong. Oh, and I think when we can look at life that way, that I don't have to be strong here. I get to give someone else a blessing to be great, to be excellent, to feel good about themselves. And quite frankly, to have meaning, because I think our meaning is often driven in our potential, is driven in our gifting. And so we're allowing someone else to have meaning in their work. And then one other thing, this is just because two people back and forth, and I don't want to forget because apparently you do core values exercises. And next time you uh, run someone through here, it's a little trick. I now will get people down into the five or six, you know, how they're really struggling. Okay, which one's this? Here's a life-changing moment. What if you looked at it different than what you want your values to be and where your actions aligning at? And then what you'll find out is those core values are different. Mm -hmm. Often we want our core value to be something, but it's not. So what are your actions demonstrating Mm -hmm. your core values to be? And that will be a life changer. And I just want to share that with another practitioner, because when you do that, that can be a life changing light lights on moment um, that that occurred to me not long ago. That's great. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about another, another item. Uh, Great conversations, great Great. I mean, we're just kind of hitting so many power power aspects with uh, people being able to be their best. If if our listeners go to your website, they're going to see this statement, and it goes something like this: that self sabotage is the number one killer to success for entrepreneurs and business owners. Now, I want to talk about this self sabotage for a thing because it sounds so evil. If I was to sabotage my coworker. That is evil. If I was to sabotage someone else's success, absolutely evil. How would I ever do something like that to myself? How could I do something like that to myself? I mean, it just seems crazy, but I'm with you. I think that our biggest enemy is ourself. So can you explain why you think it's the number one killer to success? I think a lot of, there's, there's a couple of things here. I think one of them is awareness that we are not aware even where we are holding ourselves back, that, you know, we all have blind spots, um, that we're not, we're doing something, we think we're doing our best, but we're not seeing how, we could be doing so much better by changing things, just slightly or having a different attitude and i see that with clients especially when they're already fairly established and they're working so hard they're trying their best and they have a you know good good resilience and they've got to where they are but then they come to kind of a a glass ceiling because what they've been doing that it's not working anymore Mm -hmm. and the only thing that's holding them back is because they have 
some sort of blind spot that they're not aware of or a perspective that keeps holding them back that can switch like that and, and help them break through that ceiling. Um, and in another aspect is, I think it's, it's our fear that's often holding us back. Um, it's the resistance that's not getting out of our comfort zone. And I think that's where we're sabotaging ourselves, where we're kind of talking ourselves out of, out of taking that next step or out of doing something uncomfortable that, well, you know, maybe it's, it's not the right time. I'm not old enough. I'm not young enough. Um, I don't have enough experience. Um, I don't have enough money. I don't have this. I don't have that. Um, or even just um, other areas like, um, oh, it, it, it's maybe not, it's not meant to be. I guess it's just not meant to be mm-hmm. because the first tiny little hurdle is like, oh, sorry, I tried, I tried. Um, and there's, you know, there's a balance of that. So yeah, sometimes you've got to let it go. But there's also, I think very often people go like, oh, I tried that, especially in business, I find with, especially um, entrepreneurs who are in their early stages, trying like 50 different things for like two weeks. And if they don't see results for the two weeks, it's like, oh, no, it didn't work. Let's try something right. else rather than really sticking with it and, and overcoming that, that um, resistance towards it. Okay, so I think you helped me here. And uh, so when I think of sabotaging someone else, I think of pure evil. Like I spent time thinking about this. I spent time, you know, strategizing what I was going to do to sabotage them. What I'm hearing you say, though, in self-sabotage, that often we don't even know we're doing it. It's coming out of our subconscious or our unconscious mind. Is that correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So let's talk about the mind. You are an award-winning mindset expert. Um, the mind setting our mind. I, I, I'm a man of faith, and all the listeners know that. I share that. So there's a, there's a verse in the Bible that says, set your mind. And so there, there's actually several different verses. And so I think when we hear mindset, we kind of innately know what it means, uh, but I'm not really sure most people, when I start coaching uh, business owners, really, really fully understand what it means with mindset or what mindset can mean. And I know we just kind of talked about the subconscious, unconscious mind. Can you, as an expert, give maybe a clear description, a clear definition of what mindset really does mean for the user, me, the user? So for me, kind of the the most tangible kind of explanation I've come up with is mindset is attitude in action. So that's, you know, that's, it, it involves your mind, but it also then it, it can't stay in your mind. It's, you mm. know, it's got to translate into something tangible. And that's when it really makes, makes a difference. That's when you really start changes. And, and it's like any, any other kind of skill that we, we build up, it's, it's, it's a daily practice and it's i think that there's a or there is a uh, this saying that you know 80 percent of our success comes from our mindset and only 20 percent from our strategy yet we spend 20 percent on on mindset if that mm-hmm. and 80 percent or more on on building the right strategy and then doing our daily work and, and creating plans and all this and the other but if if we can't get our mind to kind of shift in the right place and then take action from that, 
it, it a lot of it becomes futile um, so and again 80% of results come from 20% of action so it's that's where it's the mind really makes a difference to identifying what are those 20% and making sure those 20% are, come from the right attitude, from the right behavior, from the right outlook, uh, from the right perspective. And that is, is, is a practice because there are entrenched um, patterns that, that we create and, and right. they've been built over years and they don't just have overnight. It's just not a, something that you change overnight, but as they've been building, you can also rebuild them and change them and move them into, into a more supportive um, pattern, behavior, and an action system that you then be, be, become, sorry, that becomes so deeply ingrained in effect that you don't even realize you're doing it anymore. That again, right. it becomes, it then goes back to, it's almost like you make it conscious, work on it on a, as a practice, and then it becomes unconscious again. And it just becomes like an autopilot again. I always kind of look at it from my mind almost as uh, I'm a system and I have programming that naturally has actions that flow out from the programming. So mindset is almost a reprogramming of the program. It, it, would that be accurate kind of in my little mental picture? Perfect. Yes, absolutely. Okay. okay. And then, so a lot of people love the, the idea of affirmations. Um, I believe that our words matter. I'm going to tell you, I don't do affirmations too much. I probably should, but, but I don't. Um, but would you say that affirmations play in alignment with mindset and how do they work together or against? Um, I do think there's a lot of value with affirmations. I've had a, an up and down relationship with them mm -hmm. as well. Cause I, cause I know I've, I've done, done them for a while and nothing worked, nothing happened. Um, and then I've seen it work really well again. So I think, and I think where the difference is, is the affirmations is whether, is it just words that we say, or are we actually intending to believe them? Because I know sometimes I say, yeah, I, I, I am rich, I am worthy, I am the best coach in the world. <laughs> but am I just saying them because that's what I think I want? Or am I like, I really intend put the intention in there at the same time and i think that make, i think that's where there's a bit sometimes sometimes they work sometimes they don't work but unless you really un, kind of ingrain them in you then they are just words and so personally i'm not sure by just constantly saying them because you've been written somewhere i it didn't work for me but when i really kind of made it more of a conscious um practice I would, so you know in the morning and i sit down and i you know think about what my what am i grateful for what what's the um what the three things that happened yesterday that i that i appreciate um and who do i want to be today and and what what do i want to feel who do i want to feel like because i think it's a lot more about being than doing so who who is that person that i am today and who is the person I want to be and, and how can I get there? What can I do today to get there? And, and how would that person that I want to be act? Um, and I think that's more powerful than just kind of writing out words. Okay. Okay. So I, I told you, I told you early on, I said, we'll, we'll go down some avenues that, that could be interesting. So this is the time. 
And I love this conversation because you and I do some very similar work with our clients. Our clients might be slightly different, but you and I do a lot of similar work here. Um, So one of the things that that is said about us humans is we do a lot of our our thinking and our writing and and even speaking kind of in words, but our mind really does not necessarily work with words. Our mind works with pictures. So let me ask you this. I am a huge believer in visualization putting myself in a space and thinking into, I am wealthy. I am the greatest coach ever. And not only saying it, but vividly picturing myself in that work. I'm a public speaker. Uh, so I visually put myself on that stage with the eyes closed and, and I'm seeing myself in front of the audience and I'm seeing myself delivering the speech. And even quite frankly, when I prepare a speech, I vividly, I vividly and visually walk through giving that thing. Do you feel that visualization has power when it comes to mindset? I absolutely. I think that's. I think that's a lot more powerful than just writing uh, affirmations or saying affirmations. Um, and what what I love about visualization is like, you just feel great doing it. And I think that's all that matters. That kind of because we only really have this moment right now we don't have yesterday we don't have tomorrow we only Mm -hmm. have this moment right now and by visualizing you're getting into that state that that's right now is the only time you can make a difference in your future and 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 appreciate this moment so that's what i love about it because it's like you're not going to feel any different when you actually have that so why would you not feel that right now so when you have all the things that you wish like visualizing about it's you can have that right now. So why would you not give that to yourself right now um, by putting yourself in that, in that situation already? Because that's all you have really right now. I love it. You're right. We have the now and, and we take that for granted too often is, is our now. Um, Biet, I, I, I want to walk, I guess, to uh, try to bring this to a conclusion. This has been a fascinating conversation for me. And, and sometimes as a podcast host, uh, I feel bad because I, I think the episodes in, ends up being more about me than maybe the listener. And, and, and I know that's not the case this time because the things we've talked about are very powerful aspects. If anyone, uh, whether you're a business owner who tends to be the, the listener uh, or just someone who's, who's a professional there's a lot of value in the things talked about today. They, they deserve to be looked at much deeper and studied deeper in order to really become effective in your life, but a great conversation. For the business owner, though, I want to purposely walk into a, a resource that you're offering the listeners, and for that, I appreciate you. Um, it, it's called the Mindset for Success Masterclass, but I love the subtitle even better. The Three Key Drivers that will propel business forward without working any harder. I don't know a business owner out there who does not want to drive their business further. I also do not know a single business owner out there who is not already feeling like he or she is maxed out. You got to share the secrets. You got to share these drivers. Um, so, well, I'm a big believer of having your cake and eating it. Like, we, we went into business together because uh, in, in the first place, because we envisioned a lifestyle, a certain lifestyle, and then we get into business and we get so caught up and overwhelmed by everything that's going on. And 
it's it becomes then it's like well actually i'm not living the lifestyle that i really want but it's really hard to get into that um so what these um three areas talk about that's firstly we need to actually identify our direction and um, mm. aim into the right direction and and um a lot of people don't even know what that looks like they kind of have a vague idea about it or they keep changing their mind every you know two three months like i would like that oh maybe this or maybe that and um, would that be maybe amazing if that happens but it's you don't very see it very often somebody who really sits down and not just write a business plan or you know write the goals or the vision for the business but for their life as a whole holistically how many hours do you want to work where do you want to live like what exactly do you do in your business um and and you know if if you if god or the universe um can't give you what you want if you don't because it's getting confused because you don't know what you want so it just keeps waiting until you've made up your mind so being really clear on that is is i think where a lot of people miss out a lot and once you've got that it's almost like you magnetize um all the resources and the um all the resources and people and and time that you need mm-hmm. to do that to create that vision um there's there's a quote by uh wolfgang from goethe saying you know once you have committed the universe will do everything in its power to su- support you on that right, but right. a lot of people don't even commit to, to what it is they really want um so i see that a lot kind of the, the second point of it is really getting into your zone of genius um like kind of what we've talked about before you know really identifying what are the things that you're best at that you excel in that and you enjoy that um get the best out of the people around you um that is the most inspiration to your business the biggest leverage point and that you love doing so get really tuned into and hone into what that is and then build from that Mm. what do you then now need to do to spend more and more and sometimes it starts with an hour a day spending in your time of genius but how can we build that out firstly identifying it and then building it out right um and then the, the the last thing is all about the mindset in general so you know um fear resistance fear and resistance are guides of something that you actually really need to lean into so there's a key there for you that when you when you allow yourself when you embrace it and tap into that that's where you see often the biggest progress but it, it's it's obviously scary to do um so it's, it's around that and it's about creating a truly abundant mindset you know it's a we have um you know and it's not and i don't mean money wise i mean looking at opportunities rather than challenges and, and thinking big um rather than oh you know this will do i'll be happy if i get to this place but really being abundant in 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 the possibilities that you see for yourself and and for your business yeah the three areas those are great i I just want to touch on the abundance i love how you said it's not just about money and i kind of look at it about uh generosity and so i heard a story and i'll share this uh it was on another podcast i don't remember who the guests were i don't remember the podcast so i apologize i i cannot give anyone proper credit but it was it was a a a lady who was talking about how she started a business and it was just going nowhere. Uh, But she, she was a person of faith and, um, and she had heard that she needs to be generous. And she said, I was, I was so afraid I was holding on tight 
And, and you know, you just envision these closed fists. And she's like, one day I'm sitting there and I was having my time, my quiet time, my prayer time. And this voice just said, hey, I can't bless hands that are closed as tight as yours. And so she realized that abundance is really tied to generosity. And when you open up your hands and, and recognize financially and just blessings and, and people and relationships and all these things that just give us joy, when we freely give out of abundance, we freely get out of abundance and it's all around us. I love your description of it. Um, I have to ask one final question. Actually, there'll be two more questions, but this one going back to the clarity aspect, identity and direction. Like you, I work with a lot of business owners. And do you know what the biggest excuse is? I'm too busy to do that work. The yeah. clarity work is actually really hard work, in my opinion. I think it is very hard work. Um, and it takes time. Like you have to get away from everything else and you have to work on it. Yeah. I know you agree with that. How much time would you say to a client of yours that they should set aside to really establish this? Um, if, if you convinced me to say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to stop my work. I'm going to stop being too busy. What would you tell me is, is a, a fair amount to, maybe not get it all together because I think clarity comes over a, a period of time, quite frankly, but to make it great uh, progress in that. To be honest, I don't think there's a one size fits all timeline that you can, um, you can just take it like, okay, if I sit myself down for that time, I'll work it out. Um, so what I do with my clients, I start somewhere uh -huh. and then, then and so maybe that's like an hour a week. And then we start there. It's like, so how much did you get out of that? Where did you go with that? And then they start to slowly see the impact that it's got and, and how, all of, how all of a sudden things become more simple because that's kind of what clarity is all about as well. You know, things become more simple. Right. And that then allows them to invest more time. I usually start with building it out. So personally, I usually take a day a month to just sit down and and creative sit on the floor scribble on big charts and look at the vision that i have how does it link back am i doing i'm not doing the right things but for some people it looks like an hour a week and some people it looks like taking out a long weekend every three months right it, it really varies and it also depends on the stage of the business it depends on whether you're an entrepreneur or solopreneur or whether you're a, a corporate leader um, or just have a job that you want to be more um, productive or effective in. Um, so, yeah. Re regardless of the time, it's worth it. I, I know that. Totally. That's and sure. it just starts, you know, I just think yeah. like if we build it up, it's like, oh my God, I'm going to have to take so much time to do this. We're never going to do it. But if, if I can just say like, okay, this week I'm going to take out some time. If it's 20 minutes, it's 20 minutes. If it's 30 minutes, 30 minutes and start somewhere. I think that's, that's the most important thing. Absolutely. Listeners, I, I, I want to share something for you. What, what I've learned is those of us that believe um, as strongly about clarity as Beatin and I do, um, we have that strong belief, quite frankly, because our journey to clarity was hard. Uh, it took a lot of time. It, it was a struggle, probably a long struggle. 
but we got there. And once we got there, once we understood it, in fact, it might be the key to happiness or one of the keys to happiness uh, at the end of the day. It's just, you you just know where you're going. Um, yeah, one, one thing I, I would share with you and listeners or, or a thought I want to bounce off you. Uh, there's a quote out there that uh, we're not able to see the picture clearly when we're the one standing in the frame. I personally think clarity works really hard by yourself. It's, oh, it's always sure. better with a coach. Do you agree with that? So one thing, so you use that frame. What I say is like the best brain surgeon in the world can't operate on himself. Right, right. So it's a similar, similar yep, thing, but a hundred percent working with a coach makes all the difference. And I, I'm a coach and I have a coach. I can't, right. I couldn't imagine it, especially, especially working for yourself. Was he, you need that reflection and you need that um, thing. And, and, well, I think the benefit of a coach is compared to a colleague or a friend or a family member that absolutely totally supports you and, and has the best intention, but they come from their frame of mind. And the difference working with a co uh, coach is they are, they are just a neutral mirror that is firstly not afraid to call you out. And secondly, can just play back. They don't have any other intention rather than really, you know, figuring out your truth. Whereas everyone else comes with their own truth that they kind of frame the conversation in. But right. a coach comes, helps you figure out your truth and, and your potential um, and really holding that space for you to find your own answers and then guide you into, into the direction that you need to go in. Yeah, I, I, I love it. Uh, I don't know a coach out there who doesn't have their own coach. I don't know a copywriter out there. I use a lot of copywriters. I don't know a copywriter who writes their own copy. I, you know, it, it's just, it's hard to be, you know, to be in your own head and get it out. So, well, there's your last nugget of truth, listeners. Uh, yeah, can you please tell us how can we stay in contact with you? Also, that that resource uh, you shared with us, how can we get our hands on that? I will share it all in the show notes, but I'd love to hear from you. Uh, best ways to stay in touch. Great. Um, so if you, well, probably the best way to do it is on uh, Instagram. Um, so it's just my full name at my full name. Uh, I, I should probably change it because it's quite complicated. <laughs> I just want to make it more simple. Um, so that's probably the best way. And that's where you find out about kind of all the new material that comes out. And uh, the masterclass is live every, um, I run it live every month. Um, oh. I just run one on Tuesday. So I'll share the new link um, for you to put into the show notes um, as well. Um, and then, People can just go in and, and even if you sign up and you can't make that time, you'll find out about the next one. And I change the days, I change the times, what different time zones, et cetera. So there will, there will definitely be an opportunity wow. for you to dive in um, throughout the year, um, even if the next one doesn't work. You but do these live? Like, yes. Oh, yeah. wow. We really we get one-on-one -on -one access to you. That's awesome. Most people just give a little recorded class. Everyone, this is extreme value, extreme value. Thank you for being so exactly. generous. And you can ask questions. I just, I, and I've done automated um, webinars as well. I just don't have the same energy in it. And I think that's what it's going to make the biggest difference to everyone that watches it is, is, you know, the energy that everyone brings to it. And I just find it so much more powerful when it's live. So, and I enjoy it more. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, this time has come. We're going to call this show over. I actually allowed it to go over time. I usually cut these much shorter, but this was just too good of a conversation. I appreciate it was, 
you and uh, we, we thank you for again being so generous for all of us today. Thank you so much for having me and I really, really thoroughly enjoyed the conversation as well. We could have probably carried on for a while. <laughs> too long, too long. Thank you so much. Well, thank you as well. Congratulations. You made it to the end of this show. This can only mean that you found the conversation and content relevant and beneficial to your growth and the growth of your business. If that is the case, please choose to subscribe to this podcast on your platform of choice to ensure you do not miss a single valuable episode. And if listening on Apple Podcasts, your five-star review is also appreciated. 